Howdy guys, I'm Aiden of Blue Couch Productions, and welcome to A Non-Anchor. A Non-Anchor is a podcast focusing on my life. I'll tell you a lot about myself and hopefully provide value through experience. You're listening to episode 88 of the show, currently recording it on September 28th, 2021, at exactly 9.57pm, and today, we're going to be talking about the September 2021 Nintendo Direct been a couple days since it was announced and i have some thoughts about all the games that were revealed so let's go ahead and get right into it i got a polygon article pulled up not exactly the site i would normally choose but uh this one just kind of highlights the major announcements i'm not going to be going over every game revealed or my thoughts on every single announcement but the major ones we're going to cover and i think probably the biggest one to start out with was the one that got leaked on Twitter about an hour before, which kind of sucks. But yes, Kirby is getting a 3D entry for the first time in the series ever. Kirby is getting a 3D game. It's called Kirby in the Forgotten Land, and it takes place in this post-apocalyptic Earth, kind of. You had some decayed buildings and nature grown over, and it seems like some catastrophic event happened, and Kirby's just kind of running through it, all happy and fun. Uh, this has been a trend for a lot of Kirby games. I remember in Kirby 64 specifically, there was this world called Shiver Star, which was literally a frozen over Earth. So the fact that Kirby's tapping more into that is kind of cool. I've wanted to see that for a while. Kirby lore is a fascinating place to dig down if you've ever done it before. So I like the fact that even in this first trailer, we are getting upfront hints of that just with the setting alone. So I have no idea what the final boss is going to be or what else they decide to tap into. But from a pure story perspective, it's fascinating. The fact that it's in 3D is really fascinating as well, too. I believe I saw a Twitter post that that pointed out that Kirby is the longest franchise to move from 2D to 3D. Like Sonic took seven years. Mario took like 18 years or something like that. Kirby took 30. Kirby took 30 years to get a 3D game. And we are just now seeing one on the Switch of all things. And Kirby's had games all the way back to the NES and the Game Boy. So to see this happening now is crazy. And it looks really fun. Looks kind of a, like a Mario Odyssey vibe. I've been wanting something else to play that is similar to Mario Odyssey, a 3D platformer that I can enjoy. And uh, if Kirby gets that similar level of control and fun in terms of exploration, but just with Kirby power-ups and Kirby boss fights, then yeah, this could fit in real nicely. I hope this does well. I hope it succeeds because I'm all for 3D platformers. Kind of thought it was going to be Donkey Kong, but hey, having it be Kirby too is awesome. And hey, for the Smash Brothers test, we're going to get a 2D and a 3D Kirby. So different types of games from different franchises. You know how much I love that variety. Okay, next up. This one's pretty huge as well. Nintendo Switch Online is getting an expansion. We're seeing two new systems being added with Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis, weirdly, uh, which is kind of wild because the rumors seem to be focused around Game Boy. I heard a lot of people saying, oh, we're totally getting Game Boy games, and that's what they're going to do because it's the easiest So it was kind of wild that they not only went with N64 before Game Boy, which to me would be harder to do, but then they just added Sega Genesis on top of that, which is wild because there's already like a Sega Genesis game collection on Switch. Uh, I found out that there were like four ways to play Sonic on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, The the Sonic Origins collection, the, the Genesis collection, Sega Ages... 
there's like three or four ways to play that, and this is going to be one of them, so it's kind of cool, but you know how I feel. I love the Nintendo 64. It's probably my favorite system. Uh, my favorite game of all time, Star Fox 64, is going to be on it. The Sega selection seemed pretty cool. I'm probably going to have to uh, kind of speed up getting 30 for 30 Season 1 onto the channel because I was planning on sort of delaying that for a little bit. But now, with these Sega Genesis games coming to Switch, these games are going to be a little bit more relevant now. So I'm kind of... Ugh, I might have to start editing those sooner than I thought I would have to. But hey, that's fine, because I love 30 for 30. Why not go ahead and get it out there? The weird thing, though, and the thing that's a bit concerning, is that it's an expansion pass onto Nintendo Switch Online, so you're going to have to pay a little bit more. This does not come with the standard subscription. It's going to cost a bit more money. How much money? We don't know. They're going to end up launching this by the end of October, so we have about a month's time to see what the pricing and the plan and the availability is. And that's really what's going to matter here because as much as I enjoy N64 and Genesis stuff, like I have ways to play those games. Granted, not on the Switch, not portably, but I have ways to play them. So it's going to have to be a reasonable price. I don't think most people are going to be willing to pay an extra $15 a month just to experience this on their own, especially if there are no new online features being added, right? If the online is mostly going to be the same and I'm just paying to get access to this library of games, then the library is going to have to be bigger if you want to charge more for it. But given that it's just N64 and Genesis, I'd say anywhere between 3 to $5, 10 at the absolute most. But again, I, I would I would want it to be around 3 or $5 as well. So we'll see how that ends up coming. I like the game selection. They're even planning on adding more like Majora's Mask, F-Zero, and even Banjo-Kazooie which is really cool, which uh, kind of also sort of expands my theory that we're going to eventually see Wind Waker and Twilight Princess because now with Ocarina and Majora, every 3D Zelda is going to be on the Switch except for Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, right? We're going to have Skyward Sword, we're going to have Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild 2, and now Ocarina and Majora. So given that we have a lot of the 2D games outside of the Game Boy stuff, and now we're going to have a lot of the early 3D stuff, you have every 3D Mario practically playable on Switch other than Galaxy 2. Why not try and get Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, especially because you've already put the majority of the work in. Do it, Nintendo. I swear. Again, Breath of the Wild 2 is the focus for next year, and that makes sense, but Switch is going to have some several years left, so we'll see. Next up, oh, the Mario movie. Jesus, this is like... <laughs> This thing totally caught me by surprise because I had known that Illumination was working on the Mario movie for a while now, but I'm like, oh, I'll see it when I see it, whatever. It's not real right now, and the, who cares? I can just put it off for a little bit longer. And then Miyamoto comes out in this direct, and he's like, hey, guys, I'm here to reveal the cast. Chris Pratt's Mario, Anya Taylor-Joy's Peach, Charlie Day's Luigi, Jack Black Bowser. Ugh. Whew. Kind of sent me down an emotional spiral. I'm not quite sure what to think of it. I think Seth Rogen Donkey Kong is really funny. <laughs> like, I have no issues with Seth Rogen Donkey Kong. I have no issues with Jack Black Bowser. Most of these, I think, are, are fine choices, if a bit stale. Obviously, it's Illumination, so these kind of studios in general operate with celebrity voice cast, so it shouldn't be a surprise that they ended up picking these names, given their track record. But when you have a character like as iconic as Mario and you like cast him as Chris Pratt, it just it just does things to your psychology. It really fucks up your brain. 
uh, on a level that I'm not ready to like fully process and talk about yet. Mario to me is always going to be just Charles Martinet. And I guess he's in this movie too as well, which is cool. But uh, yeah, Chris Pratt, not, not a great choice. He's, he's really the only one that I frankly dislike, but I'm not going to be talking about the Mario movie. Uh, if you want to go watch it, you can go watch it. It comes out holiday 2022. So we'll see. All right, then the uh, Direct ended with a Bayonetta 3 reveal trailer. Of course, Bayonetta 3 was announced back at the Game Awards in, what, 2018? So it's been like several years since Bayonetta 3 got announced. It was kind of one of the big Switch games that we had heard about, but we haven't yet seen. Uh, the biggest long-running Switch game that just hadn't been revealed or announced was Shin Megami Tensei 5, because that was initially talked about in the switch announcement trailer like back in 2017 and then now we're finally getting a release on that bayonetta 3 was another one of those long-running ones and that's going to be coming out in 2022 leaving pretty much the only major game that we know about with uh not a release date in sight is metroid prime 4 but that one makes sense given the fact that they are still you know they had to restart development so they had to rework everything as far as Bayonetta 3 thoughts go, it looks cool. It looks dope. I haven't played the first two. It's on Switch. I should get them on Switch. Uh, of course, you also have the debate of people arguing about whether or not it should be multi-platform or whatever, and I'm not here to sort of add to that debate. I think it's going to be fun on Switch, and I'll probably get it eventually down the road. So I'm hyped for the Bayonetta fans, particularly. Another game reveal that I feel of a similar <laughs> sort of level is uh, Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter Rise is getting an expansion called Sunbreak. I do not care personally, but I know Monster Hunter is big right now. A lot of people like Monster Hunter Rise. I watched Ethan play Monster Hunter Rise. It looks dope. So, Sunbreak, it makes sense as an expansion. By the time this is out, though, won't this be on PC? I know they haven't announced Monster Hunter Rise for PC like the date, but they've already mentioned that they were going to move it over, similar to how they did to World. So, I'm not sure how this is going to go over particularly well on Switch, if it's already out on PC by this point, but maybe they get the DLC first. I don't know. I really wasn't paying attention during this part. I was kind of just grabbing some snacks at this point because Monster Hunter isn't a thing for me personally. I've tried to get into it. It's just not my thing. I'm happy for the people who uh, like Monster Hunter and who enjoy Rise. Glad to see they're getting content. We also saw a trailer for Splatoon 3. Uh, I'm hoping the story stuff is really good, man. Like the, the multiplayer is going to be good regardless. These kind of games like thrive on their multiplayer and Splatfest and that type of stuff. But I really hope that the the single player is worth playing because I read a big critique of Splatoon 2 was just the fact that the story was just kind of okay, nothing special, kind of just served as a tutorial to how to play the game and less of an actual story, which is a shame because I think like Kirby, Splatoon is a world and a universe with a ton of lore and interesting ideas, but very rarely do they capitalize on those ideas. So I hope Splatoon 3 actually capitalizes on said ideas and makes a story that is deep, uh, fun to play, interesting, and, and features the gameplay to back that up. And given that they've had so much time since Splatoon 2, I think it will be the case. They're going with like a return of the mammalians. Mam mammalians? That's it's a hard word to say. Uh, but it looks cool. looks interesting. I'll have to wait and see. Something that I will not have to wait and see of, uh, because I already know it looks epic, is Chocobo GP. Yeah, Final Fantasy is getting a racing game with uh, classic Final Fantasy characters. I believe this was a uh, PS1 game, right? There was a similar game like this on PS1. 
that did okay and now they're kind of doing like a weird spiritual successor thing where you can race like chocobo and vivi and all these classic final fantasy characters you know i'm a big fan of car racers i like games where you drive around and shit uh, especially following that mario kart formula and chocobo gp look good man shit look fun man and uh, given that you can, like, cast spells and it fits within the Final Fantasy universe, not exactly big on the Final Fantasy series, but these stupid kind of, like, side games where they're, where they're racing around, I think that's, I think that's dope. I, I legit have no issues with this. Um, so, yeah, Chocobo GP looks, looks epic, looks pog. Then we got some retro stuff. Um, a Castlevania Advance collection is just out. So you can play uh, some of the Game Boy Advance Castlevania games such as Circle of the Moon, Harmony of Dissonance, Aria Sorrow, and apparently the SNES game Dracula X because it wasn't featured on the original Castlevania collection, which is also available on Switch. I tried to get the first one on PC, but found that it was a pretty bad port on PC, so I hopefully it's better on Switch. I like collections like these, uh, and this looks cool for the people who like the Metroidvania-style Castlevanias. They're just not for me. I prefer more of the 2D platformer stuff. Although it is weird that Symphony of the Night isn't on here. I guess that's because it was originally only on the PS1 and the Sega Saturn. So not too many people were interested in it. But shoot, I would really want it on here. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. And speaking of older stuff, we also have Actraiser Renaissance, which is a remake of the Super Nintendo game. This is a franchise that has not existed in Jesus. Uh what, like 30 years almost? This was just like some weird Super Nintendo game. And here in this director, like, hey, we're making it in 3D, both the city builder stuff and the and the platformer stuff. And it's out today. Go buy it, I guess. It's like, whoa, what the hell? That, that was just really cool. I'm not exactly a, a mega fan of Actraiser, nor have I played it before. It's, it's definitely not something that's ever on my mind. So the fact that it just deadass got a, got a remake is, is really cool. And the fact that it's out today is neat. And then finally... Last but not least, we got some updates for Animal Crossing New Horizons and Smash Brothers. They kind of mentioned that both of them are going to be having some major new content updates, and they both will be getting their own directs. The Animal Crossing Direct will air in October, and the content will come out in November, and Smash Ultimate is revealing its final character in October, and that'll be released probably by the end of the year, I'm guessing to round out the final fighters pass that they're working on. It'll be interesting to see if this is actually the last of the DLC because they're marketing it as the final Smash Ultimate character. But I got to wonder, like, Sakurai and company don't plan on making another Smash soon, right? It's called Ultimate. Like, how do you exactly top it? It seemed to make more sense to just keep releasing DLC for as long as the game continues to be relevant. And it will be relevant for the next couple of years as long as the Switch is out. So I'll be interested to see if they actually follow through on being the final Smash Ultimate character. As far as predictions, I, I legit have no idea what they're going to announce. Uh, it could be Sora, it could be Geno, it could be Shadow the Hedgehog, it could be just fucking Waluigi, Master Chief, Dante, Doom Guy. I'm just saying names so that when they finally do announce it, I can come back on 8 on Acre and be like, haha, I was right. But are you really right when you just throw out like 18 characters and then like one of them ends up being true? Eh. I've been on the boat for a while that I think Smash Ultimate's roster is good without the DLC. And none of the DLC characters outside of Banjo and Minecraft Steve have really done a whole lot for me. So it kind of proves my point. So there really isn't anybody left that I could reasonably add to make myself excited for uh, Smash Ultimate DLC. But hey, it's, it's supposedly the final character. 
So I hope they go out with a bang and not like they did with the previous Fighters Pass and just ending it on Byleth. It was kind of an unexciting <laughs> reveal. And uh, I think coming off of Kazuya, people are going to be expecting something big, as well as with the Animal Crossing announcements too. Like this game's been out for a while. People are expecting some major content updates. Will we actually get them? I have no clue. Whatever. But uh, yeah, those are the major announcements for the September 2021 Nintendo Direct. Overall, I thought it was solid. Um, the past couple of directs have been really entertaining for me personally. There's just been some shit that I've been excited about, whether it's Breath of the Wild 2 or WarioWare or whatever. Uh, but really this direct, the only thing that was truly exciting for me was having N64 games. And that excitement was kind of diminished by the fact that they're going to be charging more for it. Outside of that, we have Kirby and the Forgotten Land, but... That's not going to be a thing until spring 2022. In fact, this direct was kind of misleading in the fact that they said in, on their Twitter that, hey, this direct was going to talk about winter and fall titles for the rest of the year, and practically everything announced for it was 2022. Kirby, Bayonetta, Splatoon 3, uh, Mario, uh, not Mario Kart, Monster Hunter Rise expansion, etc., and combine that with the fact that Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out in 2022, combine that with Legends Arceus coming out in 2022, we know more about the 2022 release schedule than we do the rest of the year, and that kind of means that this year is going to be ending out on kind of a whimper. Sure, October will be good. We'll get the Switch OLED, we'll get Metroid Dread, Final Smash character, Animal Crossing news, Mario Party superstars, but after October, November is pretty much just the Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes, which I am still not really all that interested in, if I'm being honest with you. And December has the Advanced War remakes, and that's about it. And 2022, I see no need for them to have a Direct anytime soon, when we pretty much have enough big releases with Breath of the Wild 2, Splatoon 3, Kirby... They have pretty much everything they need for most of the year, and especially if we end up getting Metroid Prime 4... To go into that group some people say it's too early i'm not exactly sure myself then i don't really see them announcing too much stuff for a while it kind of feels like their schedule is already packed for the while being and i think that was just probably because of covid pushed things back and now everything is sort of packed into 2022 which unfortunately meant this year there was kind of a slouch of interesting stuff but uh hey i mean we still ended up getting skyward sword and some interesting announcements i guess i really wanted a donkey kong you know, that was kind of the big expectation for me as I really wanted something for Donkey Kong's anniversary. And given that we've only had Tropical Freeze, it would have been cool to get a 3D game for Donkey Kong as well. But Kirby kind of filled that spot. And that makes sense. I just I just wanted Donkey Kong more personally. But hey, what are you going to do? Not my favorite direct at all. But for the people who like liked these sort of franchises, I'm sure it was relatively interesting for them. I think what it says more to me than anything is that the Switch is going to be in the later half of its life. We have now sort of officially entered the final years of the Nintendo Switch. 2021, of course, is an obvious. 2022 is now an obvious, given how many games are coming out. But after 2022, other than Metroid Prime 4, that's kind of their last major obligation, we really don't know what the Switch is going to be doing. And given that it's almost been five years, that's typically when a new console cycle comes out. Granted, they're not going to announce a new console after just releasing the OLED. So I'd say give the OLED about two or three years, similar to the Switch Lite and the new Switch model, which would put the Switch's life as ending somewhere around 2023. I think after 2023, that'll be the time when Nintendo comes out with either a Switch 2 
or something entirely different. I hope it continues to follow in the Switch's pattern, but regardless, we are definitely in the final couple of years. So if you've been looking for some games for the Switch, uh, we're kind of starting to run out of time. The clock is ticking on things like F-Zero and Star Fox, and maybe that won't be the case. Maybe they'll just simply release a Switch 2 that's backwards compatible with the entire library, but I'm starting to starting to realize that this might not last forever and the fact that we're already coming toward the end of the switch feels so crazy considering we were all just talking about it in 2017 but i'm gonna say we'll have 2022 and 2023 for sure and then around 2024 is when i think switch 2 news is coming unless they decide to cut off switch oled early and start it in 2023 at the earliest but i'm gonna go prediction the switch ends in 2024 and that's when we get the announcement of the sequel it can happen in 2023, but I'm guessing 2024. That's my prediction. We'll see if it actually comes true. That'll be it for this episode of Aiden on Acre. Let me know what you thought of the September 2021 Nintendo Direct. Did you like it? Did you hate it? What do you think about my predictions? My social medias are all down below. And next time on Aiden on Acre, we're going to be doing another Patreon request. Yeah, Zach sent me a topic, and we're going to discuss it next on Aiden on Acre. And then after that, it'll be episode 90. And we'll do another Q&A episode, counting down to episode 100. We're going to be getting there. We're going to be getting there so close. It's crazy. This podcast has almost been around as long as the Switch itself. So it's kind of interesting how those two things line up. Will there be a a non-acre two? Or are we just going to keep doing this for like seven more years? I don't know. Shout out to Patreon and people on Anchor like Jay the Zoomster and Carrie Knight and Zach for supporting the podcast. I appreciate you boys as always. Anyway, though, I've been Aiden of Blue Couch Productions, and I'm... Signing out.